With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome everyone to our Bleacher Report uh, Sweet 16 preview here on NCAA Digital March Madness Men's Basketball. I'm Andy Katz. Well, fresh back from Denver, I uh, had a quite uh, an entertaining final game of the first weekend as Gonzaga came from 10 back down to beat TCU to get to their eighth straight Sweet 16. Drew Timmy had an outstanding game. He ends up going to his third straight Sweet 16, which is really remarkable in this current era of college basketball for players to stay in the uh, same school for multiple years. It's just not happening right now. Um, so before we look ahead to the Sweet 16 matchups, I just want to give you a little bit of an umbrella since we last spoke um, last week. And uh, first off, the first weekend did not disappoint. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we had a historic upset, maybe the biggest upset, as you all know, of all time, uh, when Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue 16-1. And as we know, Fairleigh Dickinson shouldn't even been in the tournament. Um, Merrimack won the regular season of the NEC. They won the postseason tournament. And they, uh, um, you know, they, they just weren't even supposed to be there because they weren't even supposed to participate. They were allowed to participate because they were transitioning from D2 to D1, and they won it. And then you got to go the next team in, and that was FDU. They go to the sweet six, the uh, 16 seeded game in Dayton. They beat Texas Southern, and then even though they had no one even close to six seven six eight, they end up beating Zach Eady, holding him to one field goal in the final 13 minutes, which is unbelievable. Um, and then FDU ended up losing to FAU yesterday. So Cinderella's run in that regard has ended. But FAU by itself, and we'll get to them momentarily, they're a great story. 33 wins in the in Conference USA. Dusty Mays did an outstanding job, uh, flown under the radar. I know they got ranked at different points this season, but still under the radar for the most part. Obviously, the Princeton run is unbelievable. Princeton's run is even more remarkable by the fact that they held Arizona to 55 points. And then they just led wire to wire against Missouri. Like that wasn't even an upset. They were the better team from start to finish. So Princeton beat Arizona and Missouri back to back. That is significant. Obviously, the Furman Virginia game was like something we've never seen before. Uh, you feel awful for Kihei Clark. You know, he had one of the most historic passes of all time to Muhammad Diakite to send the Purdue game into overtime. In 2019, they ultimately won that. They won the national championship the year after they lost to UMBC in the 16-1. This time, he's got a timeout. All he's got to do is either hold on to the ball, throw it under his own basket and force Furman to make a play, uh, get fouled, do something. Throws it up in the air, and it's the only thing that could have happened, happened, and a three for Furman wins it. Mind-blowing. And then we had... Um, you know, a number of other storylines that certainly were out there. I mean, uh, the fact that Alabama and Houston are the only two number ones that advanced. Kansas did not have their head coach, Bill Self, who was recovering from uh, a stent procedure. And they ended up losing to Arkansas to shirtless uh, Eric Musselman. 
Um, UConn is back. Great win uh, over St. Mary's. And then you've got Indiana falling to Miami. And Miami playing great, looking like a team that could get back to the Elite Eight or maybe beyond uh, in that game in Albany. Um, Creighton uh, upsetting Baylor, uh, playing fantastic in that matchup against Baylor. Uh, Texas, think about that storyline where Rodney Terry took over for Chris Beard, who was uh, arrested in December for domestic abuse. The charges were ultimately dropped, and Ole Miss hired him. Uh, and yet, here's Rodney Terry, still not the full-time job. We, I've said on this platform, he needs to be hired. It's a joke that Chris Del Conte has not hired him yet. What's he waiting for? You're not going to get a guy that's more connected to that program right now than, than Rodney Terry. And, and by the way, he's not some guy that just came and happened to be a GA or something. He's a former head coach. This is his second stint in Texas. He worked for Rick Barnes. He needs to be hired. Oh, and Rick Barnes in Tennessee. How about that run where they have now gotten to the Sweet 16 without their starting point guard, Zakai Ziegler, um, and yet they throttle Duke, shut them down defensively. Uh, and, and then the other two, I gotta just, I gotta definitely mention before we get to the, you know, the matchups, and we'll talk about this. Kansas State uh, is a tremendous story with Keontae Johnson, December twelfth, twenty twenty. He collapses when he's at Florida against Florida State in Tallahassee, has to be resuscitated, makes a remarkable recovery, ends up where Florida is not going to let him play, finds home in K State. Marquise Noel is his lead guard there in the Sweet Sixteen under Jerome Tang a longtime assistant at Baylor who gets his first crack, and now he's a National Coach of the Year finalist, and he's got them in the Sweet 16. And then UCLA, they lose the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year in Jalen Clark, and here they beat Northwestern into the Sweet 16. Jaime Jaquez is on a mission to get back to the Final Four. Tiger Campbell had a weird line where he didn't score, but was 12 for 12 from the free throw line. Um, so they're another great story. Uh, so there's so many along the way over the first four days of this tournament. Um, so let's dive into, uh, let's start with the South bracket, uh, and let's look ahead here. So these games are in Louisville, um, Alabama with all their distractions, they've been able to play, you know, some of their best basketball of the season. Uh, they've got a second gear, no question about it. Javon Quinterly, uh, who, what was it a year and a half ago? We had a really crushing injury, uh, and he has come back, played sensational. He had a great game against Maryland. He outplayed Jameer Young. So now you got number one seed in Maryland, excuse me, number one seed in Alabama, coming into Louisville to take on a San Diego State team that I thought was kind of undervalued all year. Very good defensive team. Um, held Furman in check. Also Charleston. That was a real trendy pick. People thought, oh, Charleston 12-5. Let's go with them. So basically, it's going to see, and San Diego State was able to score over 70 points uh, against um, Furman. So they can score, although Matt Bradley's got to do a little bit better job. So if San Diego State can impose its will on Alabama, if they can defend effectively, they can win this game. If this gets into a track meet, I don't think they have a chance, uh, even though they scored well against Furman. Furman is not Alabama. Second matchup, Princeton against Creighton. Ryan Nemhard went for 30 in the game I saw and was at last night in Denver. Uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, two guys, by the way, that didn't play last year in the second round and lost to Kansas because they were both hurt. Uh, in the first game against NC State, he went off for 28 or 30, if I can remember. Um, so that one-two punch is playing very well for Creighton. Baylor um, couldn't handle Nemhard. They couldn't stop him off the dribble. 
So that's good news against a Princeton team that defends really well. What's scary for Creighton is the fact that Princeton scored 78 points. Is that right? 78, 76 or 78, if I can read that. Uh, the fact that they could score that well um, because they only scored 59 against Arizona. So if Princeton can get up and down and score like that, that means they can beat Creighton in a variety of ways. This is going to be a very difficult game. You know, you would favor in this bracket, obviously, the one Alabama, the six Creighton. But from what we've seen, if we get a San Diego State-Princeton matchup in the Elite Eight in Louisville, I mean, why not? So I know where I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's Alabama-Creighton, but I won't be shocked in any of these combinations. All right. So now let's go to the east, okay? This is that left side of your bracket. So I'll be there in Madison Square Garden. You got Florida Atlantic taking on Tennessee. Tennessee did an unbelievable job against Duke, holding them to 52 points. Florida Atlantic had a great game plan against Memphis. They won on that last possession. Um, and then FDU went back and forth. They scored 75 against FDU. Um, you know, this FAU team can play in a variety of ways. They can play in the half court. They can get up and down. Tennessee is going to want to really throttle them, shut them down. They're going to be very physical. Okay. And that's the question. Uh, I saw that quote from Dusty May and he said, essentially like, uh, you know, he's going to watch Australian rules, uh, football to figure out how to go against Tennessee. So we'll see. Um, again, I would lean Tennessee. This next game is going to be phenomenal. K-State, Michigan State. It's actually the early game at Madison Square Garden on Thursday, but I think it's a great matchup. Uh, as I mentioned, Marquise Noel, uh, Kentucky could not keep him out of the lane. Um, Ken A.J. Hogard, Jade Nakins, um, Tyson Walker, how do they handle him? The matchup of, is it, Hauser or Malik Hall, whoever has to deal with Johnson. Uh, you know, neither team has a true anchored post. Their posts essentially just do the, the dirty work, rebound, screen, rim protect. Um, so this is going to be a guards game. And they're a really good guard wing game. And they're really good perimeter guys on both sides. I think it's pick them. I mean, I think K-State will have a good crowd. Michigan State's going to have a great crowd. Uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere Thursday night at the Garden. Um, all right, before we go to the right side of the bracket, why don't we – I want to see here. Um, okay, so uh, there's some questions about the right side, so I'll get to those in a minute because we're going to go over it. But Gold Vols says, don't pick the Vols. So obviously they do not want me. They think I'm the kiss of death here. So. Um, <laughs> uh, I will not pick your tip. No, I'm going to pick Tennessee on this. Come on. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So let's go to the Midwest. Uh, let's go to the Midwest bracket so you can see that. Uh, this is the upper right quadrant. So we've got number one seed Houston against Miami. Uh, first off, Houston won in Birmingham against Auburn. Comeback win. Marcus Sasser, Jamil Sheed, they, they looked fine. Uh, so there was concern about injuries with those with the, with that team. was not a factor. I love the fact that 
their point total increased almost, well, 18 points. It's almost 20. And they went against a better team, going than Kentucky to Auburn. That is a good sign for Houston trying to get to their hometown of Houston. Uh, these games will be played in Kansas City. Uh, Miami had a second gear against Indiana. They struggled against Drake, which is understandable. Drake's pretty good. And Indiana, they just they were the better team. They were the better offense. They had more options. Um, they pulled away significantly in the latter part of the second half. This, again, I, I love our Sweet 16 matchups. Um, we may have lost some blue bloods here, but I think we're going to have highly competitive late possession games, and this is one of them. This is going to be a physical game between Houston and Miami. No question. Who do I got? I mean, I, I'm going to lean Miami. Um, and maybe that's not fair to Houston because I haven't been all in on Houston and they keep proving me wrong. By the way, we almost got a Houston-Indiana matchup, which would have been Kelvin Sampson against the school that fired him. That would have been a major storyline, certainly in Indianapolis and Bloomington. Um, all right, other matchup, Xavier-Texas. This game is going to be in the 80s. Great offense. Texas, you have Dylan DeSue suddenly scoring well. Sir Jabari Rice has been the best six-man off the bench uh, in this whole tournament. You know, Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, um, Timmy Allen, all can score. Xavier, Suli Boom, Adam Kunkel, Jack Nunji, Kobe Jones, um, Jerome Hunter. All these guys can get up and down. All, I mean, both teams easily could have five guys in double figures in the teens, okay? Um, Again, I'm going to lean Texas, but this game could go either way, and I think we're going to see a game in the 80s, highly entertaining in Kansas City. All right, let's go down to the West, where um, we have Arkansas against UConn and Gonzaga, UCLA. Okay, first off, first time in Las Vegas, for the NCAA tournament, there's been conference tournaments there for years, ever. These games will be played at T-Mobile Arena. We knew this day was going to happen. Gambling is everywhere. Conference tournaments are in Las Vegas, so why not the NCAA tournament? So you've got the regional there this year, and then in 28, I believe, is when the Final Four will go to the home of the Raiders. Um, so this will be a great atmosphere. First off, Arkansas-UConn. UConn totally ran past St. Mary's um, and against Iona. The, the two games, the bigs rose to the challenge. Dama Sonogo, Donovan Klingon. Their guard play, it, it varied between the two games about who stood out each game. But the bigs dominated Iona and St. Mary's. That is where they have an advantage against Arkansas. I like Arkansas's guards. Um, and their wings better than UConn. Um, and if Arkansas can make it a guards game, then they win. If Sonogo goes off and is untouchable uh, and has a 20 and 13 kind of game, 25 or something like that, I think UConn wins. Again, you've got two of the most intense, fiery coaches left in the field Eric Musselman, shirt on or off, Dan Hurley. Uh, you know, 
usually keeps the jacket on. Uh, sometimes the glasses are on and off. Um, but uh, it's going to be a great, intense battle. Then we got Gonzaga-UCLA. So, think about this history. It is 17 years, I think, to the day this week of the 2006 matchup in Oakland. That was Adam Morrison's last game. That was the first of two Final Fours, or three Final Fours for UCLA. I think they went to three straight. Um, yeah, 06. Didn't they go 06, 07, 08? I think so. Um, J.P. Batista, who's now on the staff at Gonzaga, he got stripped, uh, leading to this incredible comeback by UCLA. That was in 06. Then we all know what happened in 2021 when Jalen Suggs hit the buzzer beater to beat UCLA in the bubble national semifinal. Then last November, so November of 21, uh, yeah, not the season, the season before. So the November after that Final Four matchup, they met in the same arena. And Gonzaga just torched them. That was Chet Holmgren's uh, one and only season with the Zags. So now here they meet. Two versus three. UCLA, Jaime Jaquez, Tiger Campbell. That's the one-two punch. David Singleton, hopefully he's fine. Uh, Amari Bailey's played well for them. They still defend even without Jalen Clark. Gonzaga. Turnovers have been an issue for them in both their games against Grand Canyon and TCU. But they have found the second gear. And they got the eight straight Sweet 16s, three straight for Drew Timmy. Um, what was huge for the game last night I was at was Malachi Smith and Rasheer Bolton making threes. Uh, Julian Trother had a big-time game in the first game against Grand Canyon, was not as much of a factor against TCU, uh, and Timmy just took over. And, I mean, the Timmy-Hawkes matchup is going to be something special. They are very similar um, and incredibly effective, and they are just – they are – they, they they hound the basketball. They go straight to that hoop. They got all the spin moves. They work all the angles. They'll get fouled. They'll get to the free throw line. Um, I fully expect both these guys to go off for 22, 25, 27, 28, 30 points. So great matchup. Um, Mr. President, talking about Devo Davis. Yes, thank you for mentioning. That's why I say that – that's why I'm saying Arkansas has the advantage over UConn um, you know, in all the wings, the perimeter guys. Uh, I am not blaming Bill Self's, the Kansas Laws and Bill Self's absence. I was just stating a fact that he did not coach. So let's not go there. All right. So um, we've got these Arkansas, UConn, yes, uh, various opinions here. Miami did find its February form against Indiana. I agree with that. Joe Bruin thinks the UCLA injuries are going to hurt. Um, well, we don't know if 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 Singleton's out or not. Um, you know, we'll see. The the Clark injury has not been a factor yet. You know, maybe it becomes a factor in this game. But here's what I'll say: uh, we still have a chance. Like, let, let me just go big picture here. In the West, any one of these four teams in the Final Four would be great. Okay, Gonzaga again, UCLA trying to win again. Um, UConn first time since 14 when they won it Arkansas since the uh, Nolan Richardson years so that's that side then you go up to Houston trying to win the national championship 
in its backyard. Miami trying to get to a Final Four. Uh, you know, that would be certainly a first. Um, the fact that we've got Texas with Rodney Terry, which would be a great story if they could get there. They haven't been back to a Final Four since uh, Rick Barnes was there with TJ Ford in 03, I believe. Um, and then, you know, we've got Xavier, Sean Miller, trying to get to his first Final Four and get Xavier there in the Sean Miller 2.0. Alabama's never been to a Final Four, if they can get there. Uh, and then you've got San Diego State, same deal, never been there. Even with Kawhi, didn't, weren't able to get there. Creighton, never been there. Princeton, not since, what, decades and decades ago. The last Ivy League team was Penn in 79, the Bird Magic year. Then in the East, obviously Florida Atlantic's never gotten there. You've got a historic program in K-State um, that, you know, if they get there, Izzo has been there, I think, seven times, seven or eight times. So that would be remarkable. Everything they've gone through was Spartan strong. And then uh, Tennessee, Rick Barnes getting to a second one would be another significant step. But, yeah, I think Michigan State, it's an unbelievable story, everything that they've gone through, that they've persevered. The only Big Ten team left. Uh, and it's easy to, to root for Michigan State with everything that they've gone through this season. So that's going to be – I'm going to be in New York. It's going to be a really intriguing region. And then uh, we'll see what happens, who gets to Houston. But I'm still very confident that uh, – and, you know, look at last year. You know, we're, we're going to get four quality teams no matter what because in the 16, they're really good teams. But last year we had all these upsets, and then we get Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Villanova. So uh, – and a great Final Four. So I think when we chat again – when we know the teams, uh, I feel pretty confident that uh, we're going to have something special. And I think the Sweet 16 will live up to the hype after what we just saw in the first four, the first round, and the second round. All right. Um, I've been rambling for quite a while here. I uh, appreciate everyone's time. Um, we got Gaines winning it all. Uh, you know, obviously the fans are engaged. Love it. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, tracking all our coverage here at Bleach Report, NCAA Digital, and March Madness Men's Basketball, where I've previewed every game so far. We've done 48 game previews. We'll continue this all the way through, uh, you know, uh, Elite Eight into the Final Four. So you can check out all that out on our social media platforms as well. Thanks for engaging with me here. I'm Andy Katz, and we will talk soon. 